1: Hey
3: everyone, this is Jonathan Watkins, one of the co-hosts of this special episode of the Syncast, where we had the pleasure of interviewing two directors from the new horror anthology Phobias. Before we get into this, I just wanted to let everyone know these are two separate interviews, and they have been put together on one uh, episode. Hope everyone enjoys, and I hope everyone goes and checks out Phobia when it's available on March nineteenth.
4: Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. It's good to good to. Good to chat with some human beings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding, right? Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins.
5: All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins hello hello and today we have a very special guest it is director marite lee go who has uh, is a, a part of an ensemble of directors who have uh, directed a movie called phobias uh in theaters on demand and digital march 19th marite hello
2: yes i love the effort of the marite
5: that was good <laughs> I, I, you know what if, if I'm still off, tell me, because I want to get it right, but I, I, am notorious for this, getting it right and then messing it up. So
2: it's all good. You guys can actually call me Marty. That's I, like my teachers okay. call me Marita. It's Marty is like my friends call me Marty. So call me Marty. <laughs>
5: nice. Okay. All right, Marty. Um, uh, so yeah this is a it's a movie told in several segments with a different phobia for each one and yours is via phobia the fear of driving yes uh, it stars hannah Mae lee uh, who most people know as that very soft-spoken lily from pitch perfect uh, she is not soft-spoken in this movie at all nope. um, <laughs> uh,
2: so
5: what uh, what uh, so how did you get on the project in the first place
2: Um, so I've been producing for years with, um, Eric Fleischman, who's a producer on this movie. And, um, we've made almost a dozen features together and it was always my kind of goal and dream to write and direct horror films. And, um, on the side of me producing, I was, um, making short films for like Crypt TV and, um, just making short films in general. And then finally I came out with it. I'm like, this is what I really want to do. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I showed Eric my work and he was like, wow, this is awesome. Let's collaborate and make movies together. And with you being a director writer. So I was like, awesome so we kind of sat down um eric jess and i and we started pitching out ideas of what the anthology could be um and several ideas were put out there but um eric this was actually eric's idea of phobias and we're like yes that's awesome let's do it um Mm -hmm. i remember being like 14 years old and writing in my dream journal that (laughs) 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 that i wanted to um write and direct an anthology horror film Um, you know I grew up on uh, Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone Mm -hmm. and just like that is what I want to do I just love horror I love the um, kind of journey it brings you through and you can kind of push reality and go to these really scary places and it's like a roller coaster ride and so I kind of became obsessed with horror and um yeah so they asked me to make a film with them and I said yes um and as for my phobia of um mm-hmm. that came about because it actually um is based on something that I experienced Um, it was one of the scariest days of my life where I almost, uh, died in a car crash. And, um, uh, I was, I'm living in LA. And so, uh, it was when I was dropping my ex-boyfriend off at LAX airport and the weirdest thing happened where I felt, Something sitting in my back, the back seat of my car. I could hmm. feel like this really cold air, and it felt like needles in the back of my neck. And I kept looking back and I was like, What the hell is this? You know, I couldn't see anything, but I felt it. And I had never felt like that before in my life. And um, I get on the 405 and I'm going north, you know, to go back home and I'm trying to ignore the feeling, but I just could not shake it. And um, suddenly, I felt my car getting kind of taken over um, mm-hmm. and it started speeding up and slowing down and s- speeding up and slowing down. It was like it, it was like it had its own mind and my my car was brand new, so there was no reason for it to be acting that way. Um, mm-hmm. The radios started changing stations, the lights kept going in and out, and I was just like terrified I was gonna die because I could it just was acting on its own. And, um, after, you know, uh, minutes, I don't, I don't even know how long it was, it was happening for, but I was like praying and crying like that it would stop. Um, I was able to pull the car over and I was praying. I was just like, get out of my car, whatever you are, just get out of my car. And the feeling finally left and I couldn't feel it anymore. And, um, I drove home and it was safe and it was good. And it actually never happened again. Um, Really? So, Yeah. (laughs) i was
5: gonna ask you if you were able to to uh recover from that because that's just a scary experience on its own i mean just uh i mean uh just hearing that i mean it's 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 kind of almost like when you first hear the the guy with the hook story the urban legend (laughs) and everything you you never go into a car anymore without looking in the back seat and everything but uh is is that is that sort of how these uh, particular phobias were written into the script did everybody just bring their own uh phobias into it, yeah, or was I mean, it
2: i think each individual one of us has different reasons as to why we picked our phobia you know i know jess has always had kind of you know what all women do have huge insecurities about our physical looks and the obsession of that and what it can do to mm-hmm. you you know, in the mm-hmm. case of, you know, Macy Gray's character. Um and, you know, Joe does have a little bit of obsession with technology and and uh, mm-hmm. uh So, you know, each individual one of us have uh, you know, the things that kind of occupy our minds and we've kind of taken it on their own kind of stories and developed our characters around our interests and fears. Um but uh you know as for Camilla I don't necessarily I don't know her as well but I don't think she's necessarily afraid of guns I think <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris I don't think he's afraid of children per se but um I think it's just something that kind of uh you know fascinated him and wanted to go towards that but yeah
5: Did, did all of you all of, all the directors have to sort of get together and and uh, make sure that this is cohesive in some way you said you didn't know camilla bell all that much yeah you didn't Mm -hmm. but i it made it sound almost like you you didn't get a chance to meet her very or 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 talk with her very much yeah uh, i mean
2: after the fact we were able to connect a lot um a lot more um but you know with you know when we first started the film i had never met her before and we were kind of all paired together i knew mostly everyone except for camilla but we become friends and she's amazing um Mm. But we did a lot of work to kind of come together and try to figure out a cohesive kind of voice and and style. And, um, you know, our other uh, producers, Radio Silence, has a huge history of making anthology movies like Mm -hmm. this you know, VHS and southbound. And we had meetings of like, how do we make this, you know, feel like it's coming from one voice? How do we do that? And, you know, they had so much great advice on how to, um, first of all, we need to have a visual style. Um, We've got to use the same camera. We've got to use the same lenses. Those are the rules that they had kind of learned from their past mistakes and feeling that um, they said that, past movies had felt really disjointed and that audiences couldn't really, um, you know, take the journey as smooth as they wished they could because things look so disjointed. And so we're like, we took that very seriously. And, um, Mm. all the directors and we'd all sit in a room for weeks and weeks before we started. Um, and we would do camera tests together, lens tests. We had all the same key departments. We had, um, same production designer, makeup, stunts, and then uh, two different DPs. Just because we kind of shot it in like a TV kind of format, mm-hmm. but we'd all discuss together like what we wanted it to look like, lens choices, and um, locations. We, location scouts we did mostly together. Um so we did a lot of work to kind of you know take all of our brains and and try to speak as one you know uh it was difficult and I know for Jess trying to write the through line and trying to take all these different voices and make them you know meet in one location uh yeah. but we did it <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: no, that is that one good. thing I noticed though when I was watching this like this didn't i mean it. You know, I would forget it was an anthology at times because it did feel like it looked so, you know, everything looked so, you know, similar and uh, very cool. And, you know, each story had definitely had its own thing. But Mm -hmm. uh, but you take something like Creepshow, which I guess is kind of like the Mac Daddy or Tells from the Crypt. And I mean, you could easily you could I mean, Creepshow is excellent, but you could easily interchange those and, you know, move them around and stuff. This felt like it needed to flow the way it did.
2: I really uh, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. that. That was definitely one of our biggest fears of like, our, our phobia, if you will, that <laughs> it, yeah. like yeah. it would feel like a real feature, it would feel totally disjointed. And, you know, I, there's some other, you know, anthology movies that you watch one, and you're like, Oh, that was really good. And the next one, you're like, uh, this feels like a totally different voice. And I, I don't know, yeah. if I can stay here anymore, you know, so mm-hmm. that just that means a lot. And Thanks. Well, and,
3: that, and now that you say, I I forgot Radio Silence was involved with Southbound, so that oh, yeah. that makes sense too. Because I mean, Southbound yeah. is in that same kind of ballpark, I would exactly.
5: say. Um, so, uh, you know, what were you hoping to bring into your own particular segment? What were you hoping to uh, sort of express in this? Uh, is is the the stuff that Hannah Mae Lee goes through in this similar to what you went through in your real life, or did you add some things or?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, what? I totally did not kill someone.
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Too bad.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: we went to confession. the quote unquote airport. <laughs> 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 yeah. Hoping we were getting a
5: confession today, but no, that's not going to
2: happen. Hilarious. I <laughs> like <laughs> accidentally put myself in jail. Um, yeah. no, um, no, I mean, it was awesome because, you know, I, I took a little bit of a real life experience and, you know, working together with all of the directors, trying to figure out how they can all meet in this institution, all of our characters had to do something bad. And so what I loved about it is that using, you know, your fears as the, the your secrets, you know, the things that, that haunt you, the demons that you kind of bury and hope nobody will discover um you know that kind of was explored within via phobia it it became a lot deeper than my little experience of you know the supernatural thing in my car and it really Mm -hmm. came to be more about the secrets that we try to bury and you can't you can't um hide from your secrets you can't hide from your past and Uh, I think it was really fun to just kind of push the reality and the boundaries of what that could look like with a ghost kind of taking over your car.
0: Yeah. You have one unheard message.
2: Hi, I was calling
0: current the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast
5: Did you uh did you get to direct any of the parts that were at the institution, or was that all Jess Farley? Or uh... Uh, that was
2: all Jess Farley. Yeah. Ah, okay.
5: Yep. Okay. I was wondering, like, if you got a chance to like shoot some, uh, you know, you were working with Hannah May Lee, so you shot Hannah May Lee scenes, and then the other person would direct some. You know, I didn't know if it was sort of like that or what. But
2: yeah, we uh... we kept it very delineated in that. Um, We would come to each other's sets, you know, when we were shooting the the separate segments. And so we Mm -hmm. could see, you know, how we all kind of worked as directors with the actors. Um, But uh for the through line and for all the institution that was all Jess and then we you know we came to visit and but it, it would be a lot to handle if you had you know f- five directors telling all, the direct- all, yeah. telling all the actors what to do that'd be really overwhelming
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um you've directed quite a few shorts and, uh, I've looked all over to find some of your shorts and you have hidden them well. Um, no, uh, you've directed quite a few of them. And I was wondering what you, what you learned from all of this. You've been doing it for more than a decade, right? Like a yes. long time. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what, uh, what did you learn from your first experience going up to leading up to this that, uh, Uh, you know i'm sure you learn stuff every time you go out there oh gosh uh,
2: yeah so uh, um yeah i I used i went to usc film school and i remember just you know i could not stop making horror shorts i just wanted to make horror so badly and i remember one of my teachers being like why do you keep making horror like you can't (laughs) win an academy award (laughs) like that and i'm like what I don't care. I'm like I just want to do what like sets me on fire, what I love, you know. And so I kept making them anyway. Yeah. And from my first experiences of of shooting these horror shorts, I, I, you know, finding your voice and the importance is, man, that was it's a huge journey because I kept trying to just like force, you know, scary stuff of what I'd seen before of like things floating or, um, you know, you see a shadow on the wall, but. I would ignore the importance of relationships within that story. Nothing is scary if you don't care about the people. You know, you've got to have a a backstory and relationships uh, in the foreground so that these are real human beings going through terrifying experiences. Because if you don't care about them, you know, no one's going to care about them. Uh, So being able to kind of make those mistakes over and over again, again, like we made phobias, I think. 2 years ago now so i feel like i've grown a lot even after this experience um and continue to grow hopefully i never stop growing but uh i think that was the major thing like what do i want to say as a filmmaker what's important to me and really bringing the humanity um into the story because it's not just fun i i want to i want to have an impact in, on the world and so now i'm writing horror films and making horror films with bigger messages and, um, things that will hopefully inspire and, and, uh, push people to open their eyes and see, uh, more for themselves and how we all are all connected to each other. Because I think fear ties us all together as humans. That's something we all experience in different genres like comedy and, uh, rom-coms. You know, they don't really travel well overseas because the, the translation doesn't really it's not one-to-one, but when it comes to fear and that kind of really basic feeling, uh, you can show that visually and anyone across the world can understand what that feels like. And so the horror films that I'm trying to make now, um, are my whole purpose is to kind of tie us all together and say that we're all human, no matter what you look like, no matter what kind of background or culture you come from, we all experience these very human feelings of, of fear. And then and in turn we can um learn empathy
5: it's, there's a, there's something to horror right like the i i don't know what it what lends the genre lends itself to this type of social commentary it's all it's mm-hmm. been that way for a long time yeah but uh but it seems like if you make a message movie people are going to be turned off by the fact that it's a message movie right? exactly but if you make the horror movie and you and you put the same themes in there and you scare people and everything everybody's okay. like oh well this is cool
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> just cover it up by a lot of blood and screaming and running and everyone's like yes i want that <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes um you said you did a couple of uh, you've done a couple of features since can you talk about those features at all
2: yeah um so the last one i just finished um it's called black as night and that is produced by blumhouse and amazon and that will premiere on amazon prime in um october for blumfest and it's part of the welcome to the blumhouse series um we shot it in new orleans and it was crazy because we got halfway through the shoot and then the pandemic happened and it shut you know the whole world shut down and i had Mm. like a four month break Um, But we were able to go back to New Orleans, finish the movie during hurricane season, which was crazy because lightning was striking almost every single day. And not only that, we had to have all these COVID restrictions and it's a vampire movie. And so when you're not allowed to touch (laughs) or (laughs) people's
3: necks,
2: (laughs) it was really, really, really challenging. But we finished it and i'm really excited for it and it yeah it'll be coming out soon yeah, so. yeah,
3: yeah. i noticed keith keith david's in that correct
2: yes he's, oh, he's,
3: oh my god he's legend.
2: Just this scary is in person he's the most intimidating person <laughs> i've ever met he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> but, like the breadth of work that he has under his belt is just like oh my God, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, when he is in a room, he's just like a fire. Everybody's just like, holy crap, that's Keith. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, that's he's
3: so cool booming, to hear.
2: Beautiful. And, you know, he's, t- he's terrifying.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's one of, he's one of those guys where it's like, I just, I know not all actors are similar to how they are on screen, but he's one of those guys. I need you to be as cool as you are. I just need you to be yes. as cool as you are on screen. Yes. That's important mm-hmm. to me.
2: he's Mm -hmm. he's incredible he has just so much power i I, his voice his personality like he just commands a room and everybody just quiets down and watches him and you're like wow you're just i'm just gonna let you do your thing you're you're amazing
5: yeah if you didn't even if you if you somehow didn't know who he was and he just started talking you'd be like oh "Oh, i need to stop for this Oh, totally Uh, Totally. uh. yes Another one that I see on on your uh, upcoming credits is called Rise.
2: Yes, yes. So Rise has not been released yet. Uh, the pandemic kind of shut down that release, but we are—that's the next one we're we're setting to um, release out there. Um, so Rise is based on um, the Nigerian schoolgirls um, kidnapping. Hmm. Uh, there's been hundreds and hundreds of schoolgirls kidnapped. Um, first, starting in two thousand. Oh, was it 2010 and now it just recently happened again another 300 girls have been kidnapped Oh God! horrible it's horrifying and it's it's uh you know it's based around um those true stories we've got interviews from girls who ran away from these terrorists and you know their stories uh i uh, interviewed them and and wrote a story based off those experiences and so it's about a nigerian uh, princess whose family is murdered and her younger sister taken hostage by the Boko Haram, this terrorist organization. And she goes and she infiltrates the camps to find her sister. Um, Yeah. So we were able to shoot that in, um, we actually shot it in Ghana instead of Nigeria, just because of the subject matter and the danger. Um, But it was amazing, such an amazing experience to connect to those girls who are so Brave and so uh just fierce like I, i'm just incredibly inspired by their stories, and so I'm excited for that one to release as well yeah wow.
5: is that is that uh is that like uh is that just so up in the air that you don't know when it might come out or what are you, are you hoping yeah I mean it,
2: it got into uh some festivals during the pandemic, and then everything shut down and um so now we're kind of trying to game plan on how we're going to formulate on how to release it because, you know, it's, it's a difficult subject matter and it's not something that we want to just disappear. Uh, you know, it's not like, you know, again, horror is something everybody can see and, and wants to see, but this is a, a very important, uh, of few events that have happened that we don't want it to just kind of premiere and disappear. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so we're trying to partner up with the right um kind of studio uh that will release it and and get the attention that it needs very cool yeah yeah
3: uh, i'm looking jonathan, forward to it yeah Thank absolutely
2: uh
5: jonathan anything else that you would well i was
3: up? i was curious i mean going back to uh the phobias um i was curious about just working with uh hannah Mae lee and just how that you know how that relationship happened or did you already yeah. know her or
2: I did not know her. Um I it was really important for me to um cast somebody uh, who's Asian. Um
1: mm-hmm.
2: I I grew up as an actress and um I was really frustrated with what was being offered out there i came to los angeles after well my whole childhood of doing professional theater and going to art schools and stuff like that training to be a serious um actress and i was getting really typecast into roles such as the gay show the nail technician and yeah. i really wanted to make an impact and and change the change that type of um narrative and so that's why i went to usc to produce, write and direct, um, things that where I could see myself in. And, um, so it was really important for me to, to, uh, hire an Asian actress. And uh, I remember watching Haname Lee and, and, different shows and and in pitch perfect and loved her and we got to meet through the casting director and as soon as we met I was just like she's amazing she um is so down to earth so talented and she's never um I I believe been given the opportunity to be a protagonist and she's so deserving of that and we plan on working together in the future on so many more projects she's so talented I can't explain to you how talented and uh um she just hasn't been seen in the proper light yet, and i'm here to to uplift her and and people who haven't really been represented yeah. and seen as as human beings with you know full fleshed out characters and not just you know the side girl who doesn't talk on screen you know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
3: I feel like I there's mean, a lot to mine from that pitch perfect cast though. Like Alexis Knapp is in, you yes, know, one of the segments yes. in this movie and I've always thought she was good, you know, you know, yep. and uh that's that's cool that they're getting to do some other things. So
2: Yeah, I'm really happy that they're able to step out of, you know, the pitch yeah. perfect roles and kind of find their own way. And Alexis Knapp is very talented as well. And so uh we're really, really lucky to get to work with them.
5: Yeah, I had seen Haname Lee and some other things, but like I was so used to that pitch perfect mm-hmm. uh, character that when she's like rattling off some fucks, yeah, and oh, yeah, moon, yeah, yeah, I was like, I was like, whoa, whoa, where'd that come from, young lady? You yeah. know, <laughs> and and uh, and I was like, she she totally takes command of your segment, no doubt about yeah. it. She is the yeah. she's the lead so uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing more uh, between you two but like uh obviously yeah. uh, anything else that she might get cast in later on
2: yeah absolutely she's got such an interesting like instagram fashion kind of side to her that you you would not know unless you went you know followed her on social media and see that she loves you know fashion but she loves like a like a very dark gothic kind of look and that really inspired the type of character that would be in via phobia um she's an extremely sweet person in real life very humble Mm -hmm. very down to earth um but she loves to push it with fashion and i was just like yes that's that's what i want to see i want to see this badass who kills this dude and doesn't give a fuck and then all of a sudden is like (laughs) (laughs) tormented by the spirit of this old man so it was great to collaborate with her and we've got plans on collaborating on future projects so and i and
3: i loved even though i mean i don't want to like spoil anything but i love the dynamic of her and i don't know if that was supposed to be her boyfriend or the guy she was with Mm -hmm. i like that dynamic because i think it took a very different turn than it normally does
2: yeah in a story like this Yeah, it was really fun to to kind of play with that. We had different options of how – or different uh, drafts where we went further even to, like, what would have happened for them to run into that older guy um, in – i forgot because i I already kind of revealed some of it sorry (laughs) but um but yeah ash is amazing he actually comes from the fashion world too and um he'd only been in like one movie before um but when he came to audition he just had this like rock star type of um presence about him and Mm -hmm. it felt very in line with haname's character he felt like he was that person um he's got a rock star background as well, but he, um, is, he's a model and, um, comes from music and he's, he's about to release an album and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. He's a really kind person, um, but has, he's covered in tats. None of that is makeup. (laughs) Um, it's just kind of like, this is the character we wrote and he like kind of stepped into it and that was him, you know, it was great casting. (laughs) Yeah
5: um well i don't have any more questions unfortunately i guess it's i mean you know this thing is your your segment is how long it's 10 12 minutes somewhere around yes yes uh you know so there's there's not too much to cover unless we just spoil the whole thing Uh, (laughs) um but uh, i'm looking forward to seeing uh your next uh, couple of movies absolutely on the docket and uh and uh i i i think that it'll it'll be awesome to watch those um we'd like to thank marty you know it's marty you know it is yeah. marty yep <laughs> that's right uh <laughs> for uh, for giving us our time uh the movie's phobias uh it comes out on march 19th um thank you so much for for joining us
2: thank you guys so much i had such a blast thank you
5: and today we have a very special guest it's director joe sill Whose movie Phobias comes out in theaters, on demand, and di- and digital on March nineteenth. This movie is told in several segments um, with uh, a different phobia, and Joe's segment is called Robophobia. Joe,
4: welcome. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me, guys. It's good to good to good to chat with some human beings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. this is um, great. Yeah, <laughs>
3: Interaction. you know, we might be AI, you don't know. Yeah, you know,
5: oh, see now, that's not you shouldn't have said that. Um, that's true, I really
3: shouldn't have. I feel like weird saying that now that I did. That
5: Thank is well, the fear, you know. Um. Yeah, exactly. We were uh, we were talking with uh, uh, Marite uh, Go uh, yeah. yesterday. And uh, she said that hers was sort of based on an actual fear fear that she has. Hmm. What about you? Do you have a fear of AI?
4: Yeah, absolute fear of finding a, you know, an AI and a, you know, a chat roulette or an omegle. Not at all. all. I, I, uh, I I honestly, I think um, it's, it's quite the opposite. I find myself to be very inundated with tech and, and, tech uh being a part of my lifestyle in in many ways i think which Mm -hmm. is um obviously it's part of everybody's life uh now more than ever but i i think i i grew up um you know from like the film side at least like um learning the technicalities up front so i was using computers i was like learning visual effects softwares i was learning how to use a camera i was i was very much like uh adopting anything uh any piece of technology that i could use very early on to influence how i would express myself you know Mm -hmm. i think like early on i was making little websites in high school by myself just planting in code and and so (laughs) it was like it was very much a way of of connecting I, i very much adopted you know it early on to connect with people and so i guess it would be ironic that this phobia i chose would be um uh dramatizing the paranoia and the fear aspect of it you know so
5: yeah (laughs) um it stars uh leonardo nam as johnny he's a um he's a guy who uh, uh he starts working on his computer or you know he's on his computer and his computer starts talking to him and saying he wants a friend um and and then suddenly a lot of like really strange things happen uh uh once once the computer starts talking it's like it's like the evil version of her almost yeah
4: yeah yeah a little (laughs) Uh, bit yeah um how
5: did you uh how did you uh, get on this project in the first place uh
4: well um one of the one of the producers eric uh and myself we we worked on a film called stray a couple years um or a year prior and Mm -hmm. that was um that was my first film, and and he kind of engaged me on this concept of doing an anthology series uh, of shorts with a couple different directors on the you know topic of different phobias, and so I was interested in you know what you know on this prompt, what would I what would I you know uh, engage on, and so I I brought a couple ideas to the table and this became kind of like the one that I was most excited about. Uh, I was, I was honestly curious if people would I, I be excited about this. It was kind of like a <laughs> uh, ex machina meets death note, kind of a pitch that was like the elevator pitch, you know, like if your AI became your, you know, uh, sole judge, jury and executioner, and it came from your, you know, laptop. Um, what would that be like and mm-hmm. you know it was just uh it was a lot of fun to explore and obviously uh like you said with marty earlier she was actually my line producer for my first film so we had already known each other and so once i found out who was who else was working on uh the other shorts it was just like oh these are friends you know marty mm-hmm. and then i knew camilla and chris and then jess obviously like you know we're we were all kind of tangentially um colleagues at, at a certain point so it was just like uh good to good to start bouncing ideas off with them
5: uh i we 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 asked uh we asked old marty that's still weird to me <laughs> that's how that's her nickname we asked her about uh you know what the process was like where you have five different directors and everything and trying to uh make a movie that has a cohesion to it and everything uh did you find that difficult at all to uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, make yours, did, did, were you able to do something that was sort of your own thing or did you have to sort of conform to fit everybody else's uh, overall idea of what the movie was going to be?
4: Um, I mean, I think, I think with regards to, I, I felt a lot of um, you know, creative creative freedom with, with my short kind of like in a vacuum end to end, uh, which was, which was really nice. I think Um, what I wanted to go after ended up being the short that, that came out for the most part. Um, Mm. And I think uh, that was, that was uh, fun. And I think, um, you know, everybody for the most part, I imagine had that same experience uh, for their own individual shorts. And then, you know, once, we had started to craft the uh, individual short film scripts. Uh, Jess, who uh, had directed her own short as well, started kind of looking at and identifying all the scripts and trying to find a, a through line. So she ended up uh, building that that bridging of the gap piece that ended up being her her second piece. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it was um, it was definitely. A piece that you know conforming-wise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say there was much conforming. I would say, from the production standpoint, we did um, share a lot of uh, the same production designer, the same cinematographers. Well, there were two cinematographers, uh, Brody mm. and Nico. Nico is somebody that I've worked with for a long time at this point, so I brought him to this project holly was a production designer that i had uh worked with for a good amount of time as well so they already kind of knew what i wanted to go after and they got to meet all the other filmmakers and you know um and and adjust to what everybody everybody's individual voices uh wanted to be which which was cool to see because we use the same camera lenses uh you know same uh team uh you know would execute different visions which was uh fun to watch yeah, I yeah. thought
3: that was fascinating. Um, she mentioned that yesterday too about the the cameras and stuff. And I was, you know, telling her, and I'll tell you, I one of the things I loved about enjoyed about this was that um, it. I love anthology horror films. I'm a huge fan, but it was interesting. That this one, I forgot it was an anthology at times because it just mm-hmm. kind of it, it flowed together, mm-hmm. uh, and which was kind of similar to like Southbound, which I know you guys worked with Radio Silence on this, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, but yours actually, not to, I don't want to like spoil, spoil, but yours definitely ties in quite a bit to the, um, the, the frame, the frame story, I guess the story that's framing it all. Uh, was right. that always intended? No,
4: <laughs> it wasn't. And I think it was, it was just like, uh, I think it was because we were, we were developing our individual stories. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think once, um, once everybody had the five stories, like in a, um, I guess like on the proverbial table, I guess, I think, you know, for whatever reason, I think it was identified that my character would be, um, a good character to bring into this, uh, to this framework. So, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, for me, it was, it was initially an end to end, um, you know, story. And then, uh, you know, eventually it it broke out where the character would kind of expand into uh, and bleed into connecting with all the other characters, which was uh, which was a fun surprise. So yeah, 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 that's cool.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you've you directed quite a few shorts and commercials, and you have and you have uh, one big feature film under your belt. Uh, what have you learned directing that you took into this project?
4: um You know, I mean, I think I I don't know if it would be just specific to this project, but I think in general, um. I've I've learned to love letting um, you know when when you hire the right collaborator, you know, giving them the space to uh, interpret the material first before you know, kind of closing in the box um, on what does it need to be. Because I think that just you know doesn't allow you for any of the happy accidents to happen and i think that just applies to like all across the board when it came to working with leo came to working with the cinematographer uh down to you know jock with the music you know like i think i found most joy and this has come over time for me where you know when i started out quote unquote directing i was like oh i need to control everything and i need to like make all the decisions because people are depending on me to make those decisions and i think that's true to a degree. And, but I think nowadays I try to just plant framework and just set up, uh you know, the basic um ideas for the vision and what it could be, but not mandating. It has to be this because I don't know, you know, if the camera, for instance, with cinematography, like I have an idea of like, well, this is the you know, the medium close up with the intention on feeling like this. And I will describe the feeling uh, that Mm -hmm. I think it should feel like rather than like the specificity of like, you know, um, the, the, uh, the tools that are necessary to be used to, to create the shot. I often want to see what my collaborators will bring to the table based on that interpretation first, because, you know, I enjoy, um, seeing what they come up with, um, you know, that would, might not have been my, um, instinct at all, you know?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, your character, uh, Johnny, uh, goes through a, uh, sort of a, well, sort of a, a horrible racial beating basically at the beginning of the movie and everything. <clears throat> right? Is that something that you, uh, has sort of been weighing on you at all? Or is that, is that a common thing? I, I know that sounds like a stupid question, but <laughs> no. <laughs>
4: It's not a, it's not at all. <laughs> and honest, you know, I, I, I think I'm noticing a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of recent talk about the, the growing, you know, um, I guess, ra- you know, racial tension and uh, uh, against Asian Americans, and I could not have planned to be having this short film <laughs> come out around this time. Like, I think it was something that, yeah, I've been aware of for a long time. I've had friends that have been targeted and and mm. I myself have been treated a certain way, you know? I think it's yeah. funny as I'm only half Asian too, but like mm. in in um, in how I'm perceived, uh, obviously I think um, it is is in a, you know, a minority category. So I think like it was something that I was like, oh, well, this will just, you know, this isn't something I want to in, like explicitly discuss, but I think it could be a uh, a good way of making this character feel like an outsider so that he ends up connecting with this outside force that, mm-hmm. uh, that gives him an out, you know, that may or may not be morally, uh, that, that becomes morally questionable. You know, I think, which is, you know, um, which was the point I think of like, okay, so if you are, you know, being oppressed in any which way, like, is your response, you know, if you were given the tools or I guess the, um, the, uh, justification or rationalization to do something, should you do that? You know, should you act mm-hmm. in, in violence? And I think that was like very much, um, what I think I wanted to have, you know, Johnny come into question with was as this AI was growing stronger, his, it enabled his initial responses, but he was starting to realize morally maybe that might be questionable. But then at that point, it was like the point of no return where he realized this AI is uh, Mm. growing beyond his control. So that was just a fun, dramatic point to play with. Yeah. Yeah, The
3: effects in that scene, by the way, the, the, the end result uh, Mm. of, of what happens. I, I, I thought, I don't know. I just, I feel like I've, it's always interesting as many horror films and as many action films as this, as I've seen, I feel like I've seen people killed in every possible way. And then, but then that happened. I'm like, I've never seen that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
3: That was very cool. No, I think we, yeah,
4: we wanted to just, I think, um, I guess without spoiling too much, like I think each incident that would happen over, uh, time would be, Mm -hmm. I guess, uh, teasing more and more of how this was going to get into a more extravagant and outlandish magically realistic place um you know but it started as hints of you know um uh the the first the first deaths start as hints and over time it becomes more oblique mm-hmm. and um clear uh, that it's going in that direction so
5: you also have i didn't realize this I, this is i was i was i this was just uh, I felt bad afterwards but Jonathan before you got on was like uh that's uh that was a Steve Park who played his dad yeah <laughs> completely <laughs> did not recognize him at all yeah. <laughs> um uh, yeah. what is it like working with what was it like working with your actors in general oh
4: I mean they were so cool <laughs> they were, and, and they had worked together before and, and Leo and I had known each other in the past. And so we, this, I, we had met, um, you know, uh, as, as friends, as, uh, through mutual friends and we're talking about how can we work together? And this became like, Oh, this kind of could be an opportunity to work together. And we, um, definitely found it to be a, you know, a fun, um, first outing together, I guess, or first, you know, way to experiment, uh, you know, uh, getting into, uh, uh working together and Steve, I, I hadn't met him before, but I had admired his work. And so mm-hmm. it was kind of a blast to, to sit down and talk with him. And he had some like sage, uh, words about, you know, how his career had went and how excited he was for, you know, how people are, are starting to get to tell new stories, you know, uh, mm-hmm these days and you know he's just been around uh and he, yeah. has, he has done you know um you know he was, he was kind of a um had a mentally kind of a, a presence you know which was awesome
5: yeah um I, I i got a chance to look at a couple of your other uh, uh a, 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 some of your other work and uh i saw autonomous on uh on youtube uh yeah what was that experience like what was that how did how did you make that movie
4: um (laughs) (laughs) well uh the pandemic has has taken us into interesting directions (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) um it was actually um man i guess i should yeah then kind of back up and, and contextualize that um i i truly find that i think the pandemic um at least the start of it, like we're coming up on the anniversary in a couple of days right now, um, was a, a very dramatic shift for a lot of people. I mean, for everybody in different ways. For me, it kind of made me realize that a lot of what I had been doing, you know, once live action was taken out of the picture and um, I come from, you know, in, uh, an advertising background where I do a lot of commercial directing and, you know, was doing independent film as well and and pursuing you know uh, that direction i i think I, I i got that step back and reflect moment and realized like you know i i don't know if i'm doing everything i can or exploring in exactly the way i want to to try and bring the stories that i want to to life i find myself to be a very uh big world building kind of a storyteller and as a mm-hmm. younger filmmaker I, I have found that it's very difficult to communicate those ideas uh, on paper uh, because you have to see it to believe it, uh, really. And so when I pitch, you know, ideas that are, <laughs> you know, $100 million movies, which is kind of like the bread and butter ideas that I like to pitch um, I'm yeah. usually with the response of like, well, these concepts are really cool, but you're not. You know, you don't have those two or three blockbuster um, box office hits on your belt yet. So could we have like Justin Lin, you know, directed instead um, mm. and uh, and and credit you with the concept? And, you know, that was what I was, I think, facing more or less at, at up until that point in which, like, you know, the world ended, I guess. And so mm. then I I sat back down and I was asking myself, am I doing what I want really creatively. Am I telling the stories that I want and and building them the way I want to? And, you know, eventually I just I think we all picked up hobbies again or old hobbies, and I used to spend a lot of time in visual effects as just as a child and then into an adult as a creative. To try and build worlds, and I just mm-hmm. fell back into animation, and I picked up an old project that my friend Matisse and I had developed years ago. We had taken out as a live action production, and we're met with that same response of "This is a hundred million dollar, you know, Fast and the Furious." Mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's no way that we can have you guys make this, but we'll like option the concept, and so we we shelved the idea, and then you know, the pandemic hit, and. There was suddenly no, I realized like a lot of my career, I was like, I guess rewired to begin asking people for permission to make things and, mm. uh, you know, looking for validation from a, an executive level of like, is this idea cool? Do you think this idea is cool? And, you know, summer 2020, nobody was there to say an idea was cool or not. So it was suddenly like, well, what do you think is cool? And and suddenly you're in the driver's seat again. And, and so yeah. we are like, why don't we just make a short film out of this concept that we love so much and just do it. Nobody Mm -hmm. like, we don't need anybody to say it should be made. We want it to be made, you know? (laughs) Um, And, and then we did it. And then suddenly I realized, Oh my God, I have so many ideas that I have shelved that I, I can, I can bring to life now like I'm we're working on one right now called Cloud Racer that is is mm-hmm. basically what it sounds like it's like if you made <laughs> pod racing <laughs> from Star Wars you know a mature you know, Blade Runner type of a film, you know, like a yeah. Ford versus Ferrari in, in, in the future, you know, and, <laughs> and that sounds really silly on paper and even vocalized, you know, on audio, like I'm saying right now, but like, I can suddenly with animation, like build it and show it. And suddenly that idea isn't so farcical. And also the execution, I, I mean, I can't even tell you, like, um, before that autonomous short, somebody had literally come up to me an executive was like, I didn't even know you could shoot action. yeah really you know (laughs) you'd have (laughs) it but it's but it's you know it was true it was not necessarily on my repertoire so you know it was in my head you know yeah
5: yeah yeah uh it it, that that uh that short moves so fast man like it's it emphasizes speed to such a uh i don't know a fun degree and everything i uh, i don't know if you have like uh, a whole world planned outside of autonomous but i would watch it oh Um,
4: absolutely we set it up recently as a as a i'm really excited about this it's a tv show as an animated tv show and we were strict mm -hmm. about it becoming like a a a, you know following and kind of what love death and robots did with animation oh yeah to make it a photorealistic animated experience, you know, um, which I think would be just super exciting.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, absolutely. I also saw your feature stray, uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what was that experience like? Because I, I know that's your first big feature and everything you, 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 even before this, you had done a bunch of shorts and commercials and things like right. that. I think, you when it came out last year, right. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was, what was that like, what was that, uh, what was the feeling uh, on that, uh, making your first feature film and, and everything?
4: Oh man. I mean, it was like, it was like going back to film school again. It was like film, mm. film school to learn how to make a feature film. And it was, it was really fascinating because, you know, again, like talking about earlier, like, you know, if I were to have imagined my first film, uh, in a vacuum it would have been like okay let me take alien and put it at the bottom of the ocean you know like the original mm-hmm. ridley scott film and so i i think when i was prompted um you know um at first like here's a uh a five thousand five hundred thousand dollar range to make a film and the 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 producers are really excited about the topic of magic you know mm-hmm. uh, because we love seeing the magic in your work what would you make you know and i think initially there was the the potential concept of it being surrounding witchcraft and i so i took these prompts and i wanted to re-engage it in stuff that you know i would find interesting within that kind of uh framework you know so mm-hmm. i i started pulling references that i loved of miyazaki films and uh um, yeah you know um some of what del toro had done earlier works and 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 you know p- position it into the structure of a supernatural noir that you know i found oh, you know, uh, it could be interesting to take, at, like, the um, elements of True Detective or, or Dragon Tattoo of these, you know, uh, procedural elements and and put them into a bit of a supernatural comp. So that was, you know, I think the, the desire based on that prompt. And, like, again, just, like, it became film school over again, where I got to, fu- like, suddenly work with professional actors for the first uh, real time. It was kind of like this amazing kind of like camp experience where <laughs> you mm-hmm. know suddenly i got to work with these really fantastic people and and you know get to explore with them and and uh you know emotionally dive into characters at a feature-length level because all i had done before were, were short films uh you know and so it was um exciting it was stressful it was 17 days you know it was everything that you imagine in an independent feature you know structure and uh you know i had done pretty much the majority of the visual effects myself which i think like looking back like you know might have rewritten it to be <laughs> more uh, uh or less stressful but you know i think um it was, it was interesting. And I learned so much. I learned so much of like what I would do, what I wouldn't do. I think like, you know, and, and what I was, uh, you know, what was in my power to do and what wasn't, you know? So I think there was, there was a lot, uh, of, of valuable lessons that I took moving forward from there.
5: Yeah. I, 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 I uh, I love Christine Woods and I love Karen oh. Fukuhara i love both of those ross pontridge shows up again in this yeah
4: yeah yeah oh yeah yeah when i heard Ross was showing up i was surprised i was just like oh y'all pulled him you know i i uh, was very i was very happy to hear his name um he's such a joy to work with he's such an awesome human
3: i just remember christine woods like in the like mid to late aughts was in every television show i think that was was on and then so it was yeah it was really cool to see her pop up again and uh, I've always been a fan.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And, she's, um, yeah, she's yep. incredible.
3: You mentioned, you already mentioned a, a couple things that you were kind of working on. Is there anything, uh, that you can, you can talk about any future projects that you got going another movie or. Yeah.
4: Well, I mean, I think autonomous now we set it up with stampede and, and got some really great producers on that, um, has been taking a lot, a lot of the development time, um, on, on the, you know, I guess more, um, active, uh, project. And I think in more developmental space, I'm, I'm doing another, uh, proof of concept and, uh, that is, uh, just gonna, you know, uh, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to make, it's fun to make, uh, within your own home. I, um, I think, you know, another, I guess, um, bigger development is I, I ended up starting a company, um, over the last year that, that is, uh, pretty much, sole purpose is to, to do stuff like this. I um, it's, it's called impossible objects and it is basically, and uh, I call it a world building lab and it's mm-hmm. kind of a space wow. for all kinds of creators that like this world building kind of work, whether, whether it's, you know, an animator or a rigging artist or a director or a writer, you know, anybody that wants to build in this kind of um, way of working where it's animation you know focused and centric and it's it's really kind of me saying goodbye to a lot of the advertising industry that i was in but bridging a lot of the advertising um uh, relationships i had had to start making branded work in animation and that work in in transit starts to build teamwork and build great animation teams uh learn virtual production uh real-time you know, rendering engines like Unreal uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, and and through working with these branded projects, you know, allow ourselves to fuel these narrative projects that we can do without permission, essentially, and start to make what we want just because we want to make them, you know. So that's been wow. an exciting kind of endeavor, I guess, of, of kind of just... <laughs> putting yeah, i don't back in the i don't know that
3: i've ever asked that question do you have any future projects and the person's like well you know i just i started a studio uh, <laughs> that's well that's amazing a, it was
4: but it is a response you know like because yeah. i want to do future projects in this yeah world, absolutely you know? yeah so, yeah <laughs> i had to. so explain. awesome yeah Mm.
5: it's uh it's great that uh that uh, there's more uh of the world outside uh, you know uh, more autonomous and coming because i think everybody should watch that that uh that short it's uh, it's uh, it's really fun really well done like just uh, uh uh just you know i mean it's four or five minutes long you can't go wrong it's so it's right. you know it's it's really it's really good um so uh i can't wait to see more of it uh, when do you when, when do you hope to have uh what is it is it supposed to be a series is what you said
4: yeah yeah and and the goal would be to be you know kind of like these um very much kind of mirroring you know the 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 30 minute episodics that a lot of you know anime like cowboy bebop were you know 30 minute episodics Mm -hmm. but we would kind of try to bridge the gap of of the anime audience and the more you know uh fans of of cinematic photorealistic live action science fiction um and bridge those two gaps together with this um approach of of doing it in a in a in a you know in a virtual production animated kind of a um uh, lens i guess and um, yeah yeah yeah. And it's funny. It's, it also is, is about the paranoia and fears of technology. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, See, I, yeah. So you really are scared of technology. You're just, you know? no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: terrified by it. I mean, like, I think, you know, talking about like voices, like clubhouse just opened up and like, I mean, you know, it's just like zoom, like, you know, that they're recording your, your likeness, you know, just like clubhouse. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it is mm-hmm. your voice. So at a certain point, like, I've I've met, you know, people or companies that do those uh refacing or deepfaking uh technologies and I'm like, mm-hmm. man like these guys are really normal people but like these are really terrifying tech, you know, pieces mm-hmm. of tech. Like I saw a friend do the Tom Cruise deepfake that is like convinced everybody on TikTok that Tom Cruise is on TikTok and I'm like, oh yeah. This is um this is dangerous, but it's inevitable, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: Yeah, it is, but yeah, but it's definitely it's frightening in a lot of ways. I mean, I started getting freaked out when it, the whole advertising thing, where you know Amazon would tell you what you wanted, basically just because you know. And I, I was like, I was just having a conversation about that. How do you know this? You know, right.
5: yeah. Step closer to Minority Report, aren't we? Yeah. A step <laughs>
4: Which is uh, my favorite. Oh, just oh such, yeah, such <laughs> yeah. Good.
5: Minority, Minority Report's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well movie is phobias. Uh, Joe Sills is robophobia, and it's, you know, get, be, be prepared to be scared of AI. Uh, <laughs> once you, once, once you watch this, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I would have done in, uh, Johnny's, uh, situation there. Uh, if a computer suddenly just started saying, I want a friend. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, <laughs> um, but, um, uh, but, uh, we'd like to thank you for, uh, giving us your time today. Thank you so oh. much.
4: Oh, thank you guys. This was a fun fun conversation. Glad to yeah, have some interaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I hear that, you. Okay.
5: All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for uh, this interview. Uh, it's uh, Chris Atkins and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time.
4: Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on
5: our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook,
4: and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.